0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and right next to me, I've got Andre Silva, known to most of you as Tally underscore underscore Drake on Twitter, where he was the Locked On Network's third highest gainer of followers first. by percentage. I thought you got whatever. I got five percentage this week. Guys, we're a big network. Locked On Seminoles is your favorite daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. We appreciate you making us your first listen. But again, our network's like over 200 podcasts at this point. So, Drake, well done to you. Congratulations. I like to think that maybe I played a small part in it, but who really knows? Folks, today is the day you've been waiting for. Today is the last day that we get to talk about, think about, and look at the Clemson game without actually having to play it. Tomorrow, we're going to know. Tomorrow, around 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, All of this jibber-jabber is going to be completely useless because the game will be played on the field and a result will follow. But until that time, sit back, relax, and let's talk about Clemson because that is all we're doing today. Clemson, Clemson, Clemson. So without further ado, Drizzy, hit him with the video and let's talk about Clemson. (laughs)
1: You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, folks. First of all, if you're listening on the podcast platform of your choosing, please don't forget to rate us and follow us so we pop to the top of your queue five days a week. If you haven't checked out YouTube yet, been pretty cool our youtube numbers are they're growing slow and steady wins the race but they certainly are growing we love to see that we appreciate all of you who have subscribed on youtube the fun part about youtube is you can hit us with comments we love to respond to them so if you're watching this on youtube and we say something you agree with disagree with you just want to give us another opinion write down below uh, i don't remember the name i don't have youtube up but like a gentleman pointed out last week when we were talking or maybe it was Tuesday, no, it was last week when we were talking about Clemson ahead on the schedule. Clemson had to play pit. And he said that could really rough him up. That could make it a more difficult matchup. So that's kind of what I want to start with, Drake. How do you see these two teams coming from completely different week sevens, right? We got to go out there and just beat on UMass like a drum. Clemson lost a pretty hard-fought game, a gritty to steal a phrase from one of my favorite podcasts over at Athlon Sports, a, a two-mouthpiece kind of game, to <laughs> Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh like Panthers. How do you think that's going to impact this one?
1: So it's it's interesting mainly because you mentioned beginning of the year, we were probably snake bitten with the injury bug, especially along the entire offensive line. And Clemson has gotten, like if, by my count right now, I think they have 17 scholarship athletes out, and they just lost one of their starting linemen, in Matthew Brockhorst, last week. So to me, it's kind of like we're coming off a, a not only like a big win for us, one of our biggest wins. Like I know it's against a UMass team that should be probably at the FCS level, but it was big enough that we beat them by 50-plus. We also got our second stringers, and also we got walk-ons having meaningful snaps, and we were able to actually rest a majority of our players. And then with Clemson there... I mean, they're super hurt, but the thing is that that's not an excuse because everyone is super hurt. It's week it's week nine, like everyone is injured at this point. So, and you're Clemson, you should be able to retool, rebuild, and reload super quick with the recruiting that you've been doing. So, to me, it's we're very different stances, especially because this is a game that we're expected to lose. But quite honestly, this is something that we it has the makings of a game that we can steal, especially on Halloween night. I'm sorry, night, the night before Halloween, Mischief cool. Night.
0: Mischief Night, right? Everyone remembers that Rocket Power episode. So good. I, I couldn't agree more, though. I think that you see one team is getting progressively more beat down throughout the season. Clemson started as number what two in the country, three. Where that was it? Bama, Clemson, Georgia, or was it? Bama, I believe they were. I believe they were number two. Correct. Right. Either way, right. It was a top three matchup. That was the highest rated opening day matchup. By the way, before that, it was us versus Alabama. Was the highest rated. Or not highest rated, but, you know, we're the the two highest ranking. Right. And we weren't sure what type of team they were going to be. And since then, we've seen them go one direction, Georgia go the other. And we, on the other hand, got off to a horrible start. We had a great game against a good Notre Dame team, which I was thinking about this in my car, by the way, just total tangent. It's kind of unfair that we're three and four. You know, we all like we should do it. We should be five and two. We should I'm saying, be we, we should do it like hockey, where it's like three, three, and one, right? And hockey, if you go to overtime, you get that there is a den- denotation. Uh, I
1: I don't like ties, I, man. I know. I
0: it's not yeah. a tie. It's not. No, no. Oh, sorry. The but, overtime loss. You're right. You in hockey, did... there's no tie. You're, right? There's no right. tie. It's just an overtime loss. Is a half right. a point. You still get half a point for getting to overtime. You're right. I digress. Point being, we then were. I look. I don't have to walk you guys through it. I don't need to waste your time. You get it. You know what's happened this season. And then we come out. Boom, boom, boom. This team hasn't lost a game in a month they beat a ranked team on the road that they were 17 point underdogs to by 10 points. That's by the way that's a 27 point swing from what the spread predicted. Then they go out there and it was just set up to be a typical Florida State moment, right? You just got to win against a big rival a, a rival more of recent, not a not a true rival, but a a, a good team in your conference foe, right? You get that good win, you get a bye week, and then you're playing UMass. That had all the makings of, let's win by three and make everyone pessimistic about the season. Instead of doing that, we go out there and we absolutely stomp UMass. Meanwhile, Clemson is getting worse and worse every game. DJ Uyungle is looking like less and less comfortable, and now he knows he might get benched. So I think that's why people are so excited about this setup. Now, folks, that's the setting of the table. I want to actually get into this matchup because we've talked about how the table—you know what's at stake. We've talked about what this means for the program. You guys know that. Our goal here at Locked On Seminoles is to make you a little bit smarter every day about Florida State football. So, Drake, now that the table's set, I want to dive into the actual matchup. But first, I want to put one more thing on the table, something that should be on your table three to four days a week. And that's McDonald's. Folks, we have sponsors on this show. I like all our sponsors. I use Sweatblock. I eat Built Bars occasionally when I need them, when I need the protein. It's great. But McDonald's has been a love of mine since I was a child. I love I I just, I love the arches. I do. You may not be able to tell by looking at me. Thanks, Mom, for the beautiful genetics. But I eat McDonald's at least three to four times a week. Yesterday I had an egg McMuffin for breakfast. Today, actually, I was driving back from Atlanta to Tampa, seven-hour drive. I put off breakfast and I just did two McDoubles for lunch. That was kind of my my bre- my brunch for the day. You, you just can't go wrong, but I'm just so excited to have them as a sponsor. So, guys, just go to your local McDonald's and refuel and reconnect. I shouldn't have to tell you anything else, guys. McDonald's is what America's all about, right? It's delicious. It feels like home. It's quick. And they get to let me now say, Um, ba-da-ba-ba-ba. See, I don't have rhythm. But guys, I'm loving it. I'm loving it every day. I'm going to have hotcakes and sausage tomorrow for breakfast. I already know it. And I might even get a Big Mac meal for lunch. You should do the same. McDonald's three to four times a week is the only way to live your life. So there's a couple things that we could talk about in this matchup. First, I want to talk about what each team does well. And when I look at this Clemson team, you may think, oh, not a lot. They're four and three. They're not looking so impressive. But they do defense. They do defense very well. In fact, if you look at the S&P Plus rankings, They're the number four, three defense in the country right now, and that is opponent adjusted. They are very good at making you play that field position game. And they're very, very good at getting after the quarterback. I believe they have, don't they have that defensive tackle coming back now? Which is scary.
1: Tyler Davis, I think, is coming back. The problem is he's come back from a torn bicep. So I don't think he's going to be 100% after a few weeks because, I mean, I mean, i you know, you know how you know how it feels, you know, when you're working out super hard and like you feel like you're tearing your muscles. This man literally tore a muscle on his arm and he's not gonna be able to chop lock, he's not gonna be able to push around, so it's gonna be he's not gonna be hundred percent Bull he be back.
0: Yeah, I mean it, look, the reality is this game is gonna come down to which team can do what it does well better, right? Typically we see matchups, especially in Florida State's case, where like we do one thing well and the other team does a lot of things better than we do. That's not the case here. I feel like, Drake, this matchup is as simple as we are much better at offense, they are better at defense, and who can win that battle? And what I really think it comes down to is mentality. Our team has to understand they are playing to win, not to avoid losing. Now, that may sound nuanced, but allow me to elaborate for a moment. That was probably the most fundamental shift in my wrestling career in high school. Was you go from, oh, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. And uh, I just, maybe oh, if I pin this guy, I'll win and it'll be quick. And one time my coach finally challenged me because I was, it was when I was getting a little better. and He said, look, in this tournament, I want you to win every match on points. I want you to go six minutes, no matter what. And I, I did, and I ended up getting, I think, silver in that tournament. But still, I started taking that mentality into every game or in every match of, hey, just pretend you have to go all six minutes It makes you a lot better. And it's going to be the same thing in this game. They're going to have to realize there's no knockout punch. There's no 95-yard touchdown. There's no interception. There's no field goal that is going to make the referee blow the whistle and go, okay, Florida State just won. You've got to understand that you have to play 60 minutes of great football if you're going to knock off the Clemson Tigers defense. And it's that simple. And what does that mean in practice? Well, it means we can't do that thing where we give Jayshon the ball three times and we panic because he hasn't broken a big run and we start just taking shot plays from the coaching staff. It means that Jordan Travis has to understand, hey, if you're about to take a hit, get the ball out of your hands. It's okay to throw the ball away. Turn your negatives into zeros and your zeros into positives. And I think you win this football game.
1: No, I can agree with that. I think you said that best, like our offense versus their defense is basically the unstoppable force against the immovable object. Cause his defense is like top three, top four in the country. They may be super hurt, but Brandon Venables has been probably the number one DC in the country for the past decade since well, since I can remember for a damn good reason, and I do agree we need to be patient with what we're going to be doing because it's going to be the one key for me for our offense is long sustainable drives whether it be little five yard little outs or you know running with Jay Sean Trey Sean or even Jordan Travis as well because we are you need to stick to what we're good at but like it's not that we had to do a perfect game we need to have a solid sound fundamental game plan against them because their offense is really really poor. And not only with that, their defense is susceptible to actually being on the field for extended periods of time. While they're very good at the beginning of the game, their offense does not actually drive the ball at all whatsoever. You saw with Syracuse as well with the running back with Sean Tucker and Garrett at the quarterback there. That you, we are, if we were able to just keep the defense on the on the field, we're going to score every single drive. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is just be, be able to capitalize on them being getting tired because this game to me is going to be won in the fourth quarter. It's going to be a close game throughout the entire night, sorry, afternoon.
0: Yeah, I agree. And again, that's what I mean, that mentality of you have to realize that you're playing to win, not to avoid losing. Realize that this one play isn't going to change the entire game unless it's a disaster, right? Unless you're falling and you try to make a weird sidearm throw and you throw a pick six, that could lose you the game. But having one play be a zero where you throw it out of bounds and you get back to the line of scrimmage and second and 10, that's fine. And then the next key to victory we just have to feed Jay Sean Corbin the ball. I mean, this is one of those games where we may be missing Dylan Gibbons. He went out last week. We're not sure. But Jay Sean, I said last I guess on Tuesday, he has that Dalvin Cook level of home run power. Not saying he's the same back that D- Dalvin Cook was, because I know that's blasphemy in this uh, in this fan base. But I did a little research, as I'm prone to do. And if you take running backs with at least 80 carries on the year. He has the highest, I believe, is it the highest? No, no, sorry. I'll tell you what he's the highest in a second. He is number four among running backs with at least 80 carries and breakaway percentage, meaning 54% of the time that he touches the ball, he's going to break it for more than, I believe, breakaway percentage is 12, 15 yards. They don't tell me on the stats. I think it's 15 yards, but again... That means he's effectively the fourth most explosive back in the country. Yards per carry. Yards per attempt, however you want to phrase it. Sean Corbin, among running backs with at least 80 carries, is number one in the country. 7.8 yards per attempt on 87 attempts. Second place has 7.5. Third, it doesn't matter, 7.4. But he is your number one yards per carry guy, which means you need to feed him the ball as much as you can. Get creative, use the angles, do all that, but it scares me because, like I said three minutes ago, I think this coaching staff in tough games has shown a propensity to try too hard to look for the hot hand rather than doing what Jimbo used to preach and trust the process. Just give the guy the darn ball and let him break one. Because if Jayshon breaks one big run, gets himself in the end zone, I think you're a third or maybe like 1.35, one over 3.5 of the way to the win. Like I think you get 24 points, you win this game. Plain and simple. So you gotta hope he breaks a big one. You gotta limit the mistakes. And I don't know, Drake. Is it at the point where it's like, do we even need to say, don't get intimidated by Clemson? Like I don't. Like are they? I, I they, don't think no way this they team's are. Scared of them.
1: I, I don't think the team is scared of them. At all. I, I mean, I don't think Nor. I think Norvell, as much as we see the coach speak throughout the entire was like, no, oh, I respect Dabo and all this stuff. Like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Especially after what happened last year, what the way he accused you of basically trying to duck him with that, no. I, like I know he's doing those pleasantries because you know it's civil it's formalities, but at the end of the day, I like one of the big fears that I actually had coming into the week was, is Norvell going to be coaching to simply look good w- against Clemson? You know, for recruiting purposes that we know right. that we're this close. But then you know, after a few days and hearing him talking, like, oh no, this man wants to beat him by thirty to forty points and bury him as the Davosween you know dynasty dies in Clemson after this year. But to me, like, I don't think this team is scared of anybody, and that's primarily because that they actually are starting to finally take on the the mental mentality of their head coach which you know Norvell is a scrappy slot receiver that played at Central Arkansas I mean we've seen the picture of him you know rocking the cornrows that man is not scared of anybody if he's rocking that look back in the 90s and to me that's going to be it's going to be some tough ugly football and I agree with you too with the 24 points that's going to be enough to win the game because Clemson has not scored more than two touchdowns in regulation against any FBS opponent.
0: And and that is one thing I want to touch on in just a second because I think look, we we're trying to we've previewed Clemson to death at this point. So now I think we're almost just putting the sand in the jar, guys. If you want to hear the rocks, go back 2 days. If you want to hear the whatever is next when they talk about the jar analogy of prioritization. So yeah, I I do want to I do want to dive in a little bit and talk about what we should expect from our team in the how they're going to approach this game on the field. But first, I need to tell you guys about betonline.ag because we're going to have our gambling episode on Saturday. And I want you all to be able to win some money. I want when you sit down with Danny Domino, him to give you the picks, you to be able to make the picks, and then, you know, again, reap your rewards. You can only do that, though, if you've got somewhere to place the bets. And you're going to want to go to betonline.ag simply for the reason that that's the lines he's going to be using so, you know, you don't want him to say three. Some other book that you can't trust has it at two. You take two and then you lose, and it's not Danny's fault because we all know Danny's a winner and winners win. So use the same platform he's using, betonline.ag, and use promo code locked on. So when you put in your first deposit, they'll match it and give you a welcome bonus up to like, I think it's 100, 200 bucks, either way. You get free money, you get to place your bets, and everyone is a winner. And, a winner. and then when you find yourself stressing out over it, and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my picks? Oh, are they going my way or not? Just get yourself something nice and satiating, something in your stomach, something to calm the nerves, something with 18 grams of protein, 5 grams of carbs, and 5 grams of sugar. And the only thing I know of that fits that description is a built Bar. You know it, I know it, come on. Built Bar, I'm sure you all have a favorite flavor by now. If you don't, peanut butter brownie is mine. Drake's a cherry bar. See a guy, whatever tickles your fancy. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. So Drake, you touched on something interesting when you said you were worried that they would approach this in a, you know, don't lose to, don't lose to Clemson, um, badly to look good for recruiting kind of mentality. And I share that fear. But I think I share the opposite of that fear. So I want to hash it out a bit and, and, and figure this out.
1: Because the floor is yours, my guy.
0: Sure. So, so it, it got the, the wheels spinning in my mind. And I, and I said against Jacksonville State, what I think we really screwed up was sometimes we played like it was Jacksonville State and we were just trying stuff we had no business trying. And then sometimes we were acting like it was Alabama trying to throw a fade route on fourth and goal from the one-yard line like we needed that touchdown more than life itself. So I kind of hope that Norvell approaches this game as opposite to what I just said, right? Play to win, not play to not lose. But coaching wise, it's like you kind of need to coach like you're you're trying not to lose. And then when you get the opportunity to go for the throat, okay, then play to win. But I really hope he doesn't try to do too much too soon, leading to like, you know, going for it on fourth down on his own 30 early in the game and and stuff like that. So I, I hope he finds the medium.
1: So basically, what you're saying is, I don't know if you, you didn't watch the NFL that much, but this past weekend, uh, the Lions are winless still right now, uh, looking for their first win with Dan Campbell. The beginning you don't of the game, they all the to know that that's just yeah, what no, that's I'm been poor. since, yeah. since sorry. Tron left. Yeah, sorry, Ken, uh, sucks for you, my guy. But yeah, he's a Detroit Lions fan and Red Wings fan. But the beginning of the game, they did a a fake punt on their first drive, an offensive, uh, I'm sorry, offensive, an onside kick, which both worked, and they were up like 14-0 against the Rams. And I was like, wow. But you don't want them to do all. So, what my understanding is from what you just said is that you don't want us to do all these trickerations, like Statue of Liberty, all this, you know, excessive play Everybody calling and try to be Statue cute about Liberty.
0: it. No, I, I have a legitimate theory, legitimized in my own mind. I mean, feel free to prove me wrong and use math or, or whatever. I genuinely believe that the sooner a team tries trick plays, the more overmatched that coach knows they are, because you don't try trick plays on teams you know, you can beat unless you get down and you're like, okay, we got to pull something out here, swing the momentum. But if you're trying to trick plays on the first down or on the first series or on like the second series, that to me is a coach saying, okay, we cannot beat this team base against base. We've got to try something crazy. Now I want to get real quick to our defense and talk about what you expect to see from this secondary, because we had a running joke last year that, we were every quarterback's Heisman campaign starting point. And Uyunglele has had a horrible start to the year. We're more than halfway through. So he's just had a horrible He's just having a bad
1: year, yeah.
0: <laughs> Have you seen enough, though, from our secondary in the last three games to feel like they've outgrown letting guys run completely free? Or do you think that it's still a real concern that – even a junior varsity quarterback, the way we have had a tendency to leave receivers open early in the year, might be able to throw three or four touchdowns on us.
1: Yeah. I'm not concerned about that right now anymore, mainly because I think we're finally actually having the proper personnel put in the and in uh, their proper positions. If you see Jarvis Brownlee, he plays a little corner, but if you see, he plays a lot more safety in the safety slot for the past few games. If you see our say our corners, actually they performed. I look at the UNC game. Everyone's like, Oh no, Josh Downs had nine catches per at 12 yards. I'm like, I think seventy of those came on literally the second to last or the last drive that UNC actually had. So to me, that's more that like you're going to give them that because you're up by seventeen points. But no, either our secondary now with you know Kevin Knoll starting, who's been a a godsend, Jamie Robinson, who's like been coming on since his you know his lackluster effort against Jacksonville State. Our secondary with our personnel that we actually have chosen, with you know my, you know Adam Fuller, almost like Mike Fuller, you've been saying for the past year and a half with I think actually been playing very well. And also they're playing a lot more confident like with a dog mentality. And I think you look for one play with Jerry and Jones, the way he actually pointed the ball and got that pick actually, you know, swung the momentum and kept it in our favor against UNC where our secondary is finally living up to a billing of being, being pretty good. I'm not going to say great, but they've actually been more, I'm a lot more pleased and comfortable with actually, you know what I can get
0: behind these kids. Yeah. This is a team Clemson. I mean, is a team that I, I genuinely believe we have better athletes or at least people who are playing better in our secondary than they have at the skill positions. And I'm not saying you run man the entire time, but I think it's going to be about putting the right personnel out there. We talked on Tuesday about Stephen Dix Jr. having a bad rating from last game, but then we looked and he actually had really good run-stopping ratings, bad coverage ratings. So I think I'm going to be looking and saying, hey, can Adam Fuller account for who's on the field and put the right guys out there to handle him? For example, if I see Will Shipley on the field on a third down, I better not see Steven Dix on the field. You need Kalen Deloach on top of Will Shipley to cover that fast, shifty running back out of the backfield. You got to make sure you take Justin Ross away because he's really the only weapon that DJ's got going for him. So if you shut down him and you've got someone on Shipley, well, then you're basically asking or forcing DJ to, I guess, use his legs. And, uh, dude, he hasn't been able to do that. So I think it's an exciting matchup. I think there's going to be a lot to watch. And I think just final thoughts here, Drake, it's going to be, can we run the ball effectively? Because if we can control the clock, if we can run the ball and get one or two big breaks, I think we can beat this team. The last thing I want to leave the folks with is folks, when you watch this game for your own mental health, just think about where we were in August and where we are now. This team is going up and losing. If we lose, it's going to suck. But try to keep it in perspective. And if you find yourself unable to do that, make sure you check in with us Monday because we'll be here to do it for you. I'm Max. That was Drake. And this was Locked on Sentinels.
1: We're blowing on Clemson, folks. Suck it, Dabo. Oh, no, we're, not, we're not doing that.